And welcome everybody to a rain-soaked edition of the CarCast. We're all fired up because it's wet outside. What does that mean? People in Texas don't know how to drive or forget how to drive when it rains. Is that fair? That is definitely fair. I'm Owen Newkirk. He's Sean Shapiro. It's episode number 102. That's why I'm shouting. We're in the triple digits already. So we have to raise the volume. Sean, we're going back to zero and starting over with the Jersey uh, acknowledgments. Number two? Is it... Kind of feel like the Darian Hatcher episode. See, I was originally thinking that, but I think tonight the fitting and timing works too well. Um, in winning gold tonight, Jamie Lexiak. Where's number two? Ooh, that is kind of fitting. Where's number sort of big goal? Where's number two? Number two is the number where he's kind of found the niche of uh, in Dallas, where he's kind of taken and become the player, becoming a full-time player here that he never really found is number five, and so number, number two, two, second goal of the year. Yeah, so I, I think... Two is the magic number tonight. So I think uh, I, I think we have to go with the Jamie Alexiak episode tonight. Okay, all right, let's do that then. I'm, I'm on board, so uh, honorable mention to Darian Hatcher, yeah. but the big rig gets the nod tonight. Mm-hmm. Stars get a big win over the Arizona Coyotes, three to two, and... So many different things we could talk about. They came out to a just rip-roaring start in this one. They get the early power play. And, Sean, you asked – I'll pat you on the back. You asked a great question in the post-game scrum that we played on our show about the threat of Dennis Gurionov because that led to – I hadn't really put a lot of thought into it until you asked that question. But that has led to Corey Perry scoring his first – Power play goal as a Dallas Star, fifth goal of the year, yep. on a gorgeous passing sequence. Hints, or Haskin into Hints to Gurionov to Perry, yeah. slam dunk. But it's because Gurionov has emerged as a power play weapon, seven tied for the team lead, that that goal happens. Correct. Because it is a thing now where. I did something a couple weeks back where I wrote, I don't know if anyone, I, I read or I wrote about how you learn the league and the league learns you. Yes. And Dennis Gurionov is at a point, too, where his shot, the one his one-timer on the power play, it has now gotten to the point where it is getting healthy enough respect where teams are cheating to cover it on the power, on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. And so Dennis Gurionov, give Denny full credit for this because... Teams could cheat and cover him, and they could neutralize him, and that would be it. However, Denny has taken that and has been passing more. It's been opening more space in front of the net. It's been opening space in the slot. It has been a give full credit to Gurionov, who has seen how teams are cheating on him and made the proper counter, and that just kind of creates this natural flow where that one-timer will start opening up again because, well, now we have to worry about Corey Perry in front of the net. The Stars' power play was really slumping when the coaching change happened in early December. Derek Lashell came up from the Texas Stars, and then he and Todd Nelson really went to work on the power play. And it's been significantly better since that change, to the point of about five or six percentage points than from the beginning of the season up till December 10th. And one of the the biggest criticisms of the power play for Dallas before that change was that... The, the one-timers were gone. We weren't mm-hmm. seeing Radulov and Sagan ripping them, and they were really predictable. Yeah. And they were trying to do the cute passing plays through the seams without doing the route one net front stuff that you have to do that predicates to open up said passing plays. Yeah. 
now because they have worked it, like we said, and I'm not trying to beat this point to death, but that goal doesn't happen without having repeated one-timers and retrievals on game after game after game to set those up because you don't get the tic-tac-toes because otherwise, if, if that's all you're trying to do is try to pass seams, penalty killers stand in the seam lane, in the yeah. passing lanes, and now what? Yeah. And you stand around and your power play looks off. Well, and it, it's interesting, like, actually, Rick Bonos was talking about it after the game, kind of in the same vein about how as the, the stars as a penalty killing unit, they preach, one seems okay, never two. Yes. And that is, I think it's fat. It, because it's yeah. really hard to defend, yeah. too. One, you can say, all right, we'll give up one, and we all know where we have to shift to. Right? And, like, and, tonight, the Stars, when they were killing penalties, especially for a longer period of time, they were giving up the Oliver ekman Larson shot from the blue line. It wasn't from the top of the circles. It was from five feet inside the blue line. There was a save in the second. Uh, no, I think it was the third period. Maybe it was the end of the first, where Bishop made a save with his shoulder. Kind of awkwardly, he's tilted to one side. Great save. Yeah. However, it did not, by my definitions, count as a quality scoring chance because it came from three feet inside the blue line. Yeah. Your goalie should make that save every time, even if it's a challenging one for him to make. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, I agree with that. So, again, the point is is that the Stars' penalty kill in that instance is giving up the shot from where they want. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, yeah. in the second period, they gave up a power play goal for the sixth time in their last nine games. Yeah, well, we got to get to the lead into that power play. Right, and, and so, I'm, I'm teasing yeah. it because why were they on the kill? Well, Jamie Benn scored a nice goal. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Sean, it was a million miles offside. Yeah, that one... I, I'm stunned. I they, can't believe the linesman didn't call that live speed. I know. Because I saw it from way up top. That's And that's one where it's this weird, like, dynamic, right? Where I get kind of sick of the ticky-tacky, was the toe lifted or not right. reviews? But this is the type of review that's that's why we need this type the of review. The exact reason why they instituted yes. offside reviews. I think that because you and every other fan that gets annoyed with the minuscule calls. Yes. In soccer as well as in hockey, have to come. You guys haven't gotten to the stage of grief of acceptance. You're still fighting in denial, and I'm okay with that. I just wish that you would progress a little bit more because yes. the rule is in place. It exists. There's nothing you can do about it. So rather than moan about it repeatedly, come to terms and say, <laughs> for all the times where you go, oh that sucks. It's a two millimeter call. It really didn't seem to affect the play. Oh. Let it go. You need this. I will so for those. But no, but here's where I will go. My take, <laughs> my my take on instant replay answers both of those. I think you're in. I think instant issue with for me with instant replay is that we give them too much time. This car in front of us in the rain has no, has no, no lights no, on. No lights on at all. Uh, so is, let me ask you. I'll pose this open-ended question to the listeners who can't yeah. respond to us because we'll be done recording it before they listen to it. Yes. Is it appropriate to flash your brights at a car, especially at night or in the rain, or both, when they are driving without their lights on? Because that's exceedingly dangerous. I mean, we just did it a couple times. Right. I, well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't have done that. But no, I know, but Is it should. okay to do that, to say, hey, buddy, like, I'm assuming it's a, a guy, 
it's, it's almost to the point It's of, an idiot. That's a dangerous. It's almost to the point of honking at him, isn't it? I think so. Like, we're not close enough now. Like, they've disappeared in quick, front of us. Quick story. A couple years ago, well, actually, more like six or seven years ago now, I was with the Texas Stars. God, it's amazing how fast that goes. And we were out in Grand Rapids. We had a game there, and we were staying there. So I went out yeah. with our equipment guys and our trainer, and I said, listen, we have a game tomorrow night. I'm not going to drink because when you drink a bunch, it, it can mess with your voice. And as the broadcaster, especially play-by-play, it's kind of an important part of your job. Yeah. So maybe I'll have one beer, but I'll be the designated driver. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to go out for a while, I'll drive. We had a rental van. I very, very kind of you. Right. Well, I, you know, I was okay yeah. to drive. And the one thing I forgot was is that my car had automatic headlights. Ah. So I get in the car. I don't even think about turning it on because they're always on. Mm-hmm. This rental van that we had. Yeah, turn them on. So I pull out of the parking area this next to the bar that we're at and pull up to the stop sign. Guys are all giggling because they've had a fun time that night. And somebody knocks on our window and goes, hey, turn your lights on. You don't want to get pulled over, you idiots driving from a bar with your lights off. That's not going to help you. And I don't think they had any idea that I was actually the designated driver on this. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't get pulled over because with three drunk guys in the car and me, it wouldn't have gotten a lot of good looks from the police officers. No. Skated on that one. Yeah. But um, going back to real quick, my my take on instant replay on how we fix it is street driving. (laughs) No. Well, that person was I know they swerved, but still. Um, For instant replay for me, it's not the – it's the time we give them. Where if you said, hey, we're going to set a time limit of you have 45 seconds or a minute to make a decision, you would... I mean, look, in the obvious ones tonight, it and, was and, easy and, to call. And that would be done right away. And then, and then therefore, My if, one you can't make, well, no, no, but if you can't make an if you can't make an exact decision in 60 seconds from the time it starts, because they're already checking everything already, if you can't make a decision at that time, it's inconclusive. I, I overall am interested in that. Who we got coming up here? Uh, is this the jackknife semi truck in the grass that we got a tweet about earlier? Or is this something else? Maybe. This is, you know, this little... There it is. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Look at that. This, this inter... Here, you don't hit the tra- the fire truck. No, I don't know. I don't want to. Jeez, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's going to be a while to get that guy out. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is this guy's crashed, too. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. That guy, that truck... So, two trucks. One in the grass. One got mushed. Is there another one here, too? Got fire trucks everywhere, guys. right over there? Yeah, something's down there. Yeah. I, I, we got a car facing the wrong direction right here. And then another, another car. One in the I mean, thing, then like, yeah. four, four, there's like five or now six Now we're hydroplaning. Cars. Yep. That interchange, when you split the 635 and 35, is nasty. That's yeah. exactly where that jackknife truck was before. Yeah. So please drive carefully on the roads out there. Yes, uh, we digress. Where are we? <laughs> not, not physically. <laughs> where were we? Um, I've lost my train of thought as we suddenly let's, let's, okay, let's, play. let's move on to the uh, we, we had we were kind of oh we're talking about the, the replay instant, instant okay so I I like your idea in theory my only concern about the time limit is twofold well my only concern is twofold we have twofold. another one is um, I'm going to try to talk through this one feel free to interject if you think this okay. is better it looks like it's on the other way it though. looks like the other way um, because that's so much better. It doesn't inconvenience us. The heck with the people that might be hurt. Or, um, is um, If you have a time limit, let's say it's 60 seconds, yeah. it puts a unnecessary pressure 
and stress on the replay officials to try to get it really quickly so that they can, mm-hmm. right? And the other concern about that is what happens if there's only one view that you can see that really definitively shows yes or no, like, oh, that's the one, and it takes three or four different angles of watching, and then you finally see the one and go, oh, you know, the other ones were inconclusive. That shows it. And what if it takes 90 seconds to get to that view? I see your counterpoint. I still I want a time limit. Whether whether it's I'd be fine saying 90 second time limit. Two minutes. Like, but like I'd be like it's when we get to these ridiculously long reviews of did the toe tap. And My big like that. thing is I want the calls to be right as much as they can. If it takes a few minutes, I know it kills the the enthusiasm of it, but I would love for it to be right. Now, I get it, right? When you're trying to draw a line for a minuscule offside in soccer or you're trying to look to see if the skate blade is still on the ice and if it takes that long, then should you just let the referee or linesman call stand? I'm probably okay with that, but remember, and we're getting way off the subject of the game tonight, no matter where you, you put the line, whether it's the offside is with the body or daylight, yeah. if it's the skates in the air or on the ice, no matter what you do, there's going to be gray area at wherever that line is of, well, yes, technically his foot was in, did break the plane, but only by a millimeter. So now instead of complaining about whether the foot was on the ice or not, now it's up in the air, but it's so close it shouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter where you draw that line, there will be debate. So no, I agree. pick it's, a line, yeah. stick with it. And get over the fact that there are going to be some ones that suck, but ultimately, at least it's consistent. Yeah. So let's let's okay, let's move on to <laughs> before we start talking about goalie interference. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Jamie Ben gets ejected, um, game misconduct, five minute major for uh, boarding Oliver Ekman Larson. Not what, a good hit. Yeah. It was, it's not a good hit. It's, I don't uh, think it's specifically malicious, in the sense that I don't think he was trying to hurt him. I think he was trying to run him through the boards of, uh, hey, really hard physical check. I don't think he was trying to drive his head and neck at a weird angle. Is that a fair I mean, I don't assumption? Think, yeah, I don't think he was trying to hurt him, but he was trying to he was trying to hit a player that hit him that he had past beef with. They both did, and yeah. but they were okay with it, right? Yeah. I mean, Ekman Larson was really sportsmanlike about it in the game in December, where he said, you know what, I got him with one early. I knew he'd be coming for me, and that's okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's hockey. I mean, that's hockey, but it, it's it's one of those. It's not a good hit. Um, Jane doesn't even really look at the puck. He's just he, he and he hits him looking right, at the man the whole and he time. hits him right in the numbers. The like, worst that's... part about the hit was the fact that Ekman Larson, as he's hit into the boards, gets his head and neck sort of bent backwards. Yeah, and it looked ugly. It looked yeah. ugly. Yeah. So the referees review the play, which I think is a really good thing. No, that, that is good. That is good, yeah. Because they called the major penalty. Then they said, okay, let's check to make sure it is. Yeah. They felt it was. He gets ejected from the game. Yep. Um, on this hit, I have no problem with it. I no. still don't like the rule that if you get a major, you're automatically thrown out of the game. I, when I was growing up, and you too, Sean, yeah. there was a time, and I'm going to beat this dead horse for a while because I've said this before where you used to have major penalties that were just major penalties. and just five minutes, and the player would be able to return from that. Yeah. I don't believe that every major penalty necessarily requires a game misconduct. No, that's fair. I thought tonight's did. Yes, right, like, and that's what I mean. This is probably not the one to make that argument again. Yeah. I just don't like that in, in general. So, moving on to the other key question of this one, before we even get to the result, 
supplemental discipline. Right, because we're going to get a bunch of questions in the lightning round, so we might as well answer yeah. it now. Um, I saw... Let's compare it to Corey Perry's hit. Yeah, different different type of play. I believe that... Because somebody asked us this on a post-game show. I believe that Ben, if he does get suspended, will be less than Perry's five games. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because of a couple things. Yeah. It wasn't a direct headshot, although the head and neck were involved. The check was to the back of the number. So it was a bad boarding hit. wasn't a headshot. It wasn't on national TV with all the NHL executives watching. And, I mean, the, the one that... Perry had look for all things first. It was pretty dirty. It was a dirty hit, and it's one where there was more of an injury. Yeah. I'm really glad to see that Ekman Larson came back to the game. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt that way. I so I look. Is I, there any chance that he doesn't get suspended? So yes, here's why. Because Jamie's history for how the way he's played the game, his career, he only has one uh, one. He doesn't have any past suspensions, and he had one ten thousand dollar fine back in 2013. Which was, um, that's a while ago now. For, yeah, 2013. Seven years. It was a, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, cross-checked a guy in Edmonton against, cross-checked someone against the Oilers. It wasn't Ryan Smith, was it? I think it was, actually. I think it was. I don't know why that name It might have been Ryan Smith, but he cross-checked someone against the Oilers. Sean Horkoff. It wasn't Sean Horkoff. No, because Horkoff, 2013, would have been playing for the Dallas. But it was 2013. It was less than five minutes left in a game. Um, it was there was kind was of a, a frustration. There was a cross frustration check? cross check as the guy was headed to the box. Oh jeez. And okay. he got and Jamie got a major and a misconduct and then a fine and then a fine. Um, this one, so he doesn't have the history that's going to say okay we need to suspend him. And I think there's also I think Jamie also has a little bit of the thing that was made very public. By, and I'm not sure how well much George Paris looks at this, but remember that video recently of there was the play behind the net where Jamie avoids the head contact. Where J- there's there's a play behind the net. I think Justin Bourne was actually the person who tweeted this what video. What game at. was this? Um, I'm trying drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank on who the game was, but I, mean, I picture the play perfectly. The uh, the the puck is behind the net. The, the puck is on the other side of the player behind the net. Jamie's behind the net. Jamie could have blown the other guy up. Yep. Guy's head's down. Jamie goes around him to go play the puck. I think there's a li- there's also a little bit of that kind of public recognition of, hey, this is... Showing some awareness. There's, there's awareness there, and so it's not like there is a... Uh, it's not like we've got a headhunter that needs to be punished. Like, 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 like it's a serial headhunter. However... It is also the type of play where the league is going to kind of look at the past history if we can't let guys take frustrating hits from before and use it as this type of retribution. So I don't know. I could I could see it not. I could see it either way. I could see it either yeah. way. Um, I saw before right before we left the rink. I saw Craig Button, um, former Stars assistant GM, felt it should be two games which is an opinion that's out there. It does uh, seem one or two is yeah. probably... If, well, if there's a suspension, yeah. I would be shocked if it was above two. I, I, I think a $5,000 fine at a minimum is coming. Okay. I think I think a fine is coming at a I minimum. I like that's a slap on the wrist for a guy yeah, making it, it, nine and it a is, half. It is. It is. Um, um, and so I would... I'm going to... My gut's going to say no, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he gets a game or two. Okay. But I'm just going to go off. I'm going off my gut right now on that. Like, All right. Because so let's finish our summary Yeah. because uh, we have a lightning round to get to as well. So it's one nothing second period. Taylor Hall scores on the power play, 1-1. And the Stars do a really good job of not falling behind. Yep. They score a goal on the power play. Yep. 
And, they, you know, kudos to the Stars for getting rid of the rest of the penalty kill. Yeah. Plus, they drew a penalty on Soderbergh, so that makes it 4-on-4 four four for the last minute and a half of the power of the five-minute five major. Yeah. Uh, because, obviously, when Hall scored, they still have three minutes to go. Then Dallas, I mean, they don't even have a, a minute of power play time. No. And Fox scores. What a play. Yeah. Out of the feet to the stick and to the backhand back across the green off the post and in. I thought it was a wonderful finish by Fox. Another another nice pass by Perry. I mean, we're at a point too where because of the namesake, um, because of the namesake, we still call that the second unit. But with how it's been operating, they've been so yeah. With good. how that unit's been operating, that's the first unit right now. How like, can it not be? Like that's as far as success you know. rate. Mm-hmm. So Fox scores. So two for two on the power play yep. of the game. Eight straight games where they've had an opportunity on the man advantage, they've scored. Remember in Ottawa, they were no they did plays. not have a power yeah. play. Um, and then there's Montreal where they felt that they should have had some penalty time. But I yeah, yeah, move on, move on. So two minutes later, the Coyotes tie it to make it two to two, and it's a goofy play mm-hmm. because it's a shot from the top of the right circle by Labushkin, yeah. who gets tipped by Christian Dvorak. Bishop makes the save. It hits something. I didn't get a great look at the replay of Christian Fisher. It hit something on Fisher. Did it maybe it hit a glove? It, it did hit his glove. And then it went behind Bishop. Hall crashes behind him, whiffs on a bouncing puck, and it still goes in. We all thought Hall scored. And, the, and so that's the thing about the play. The reason the goal counted is because Hall whiffed. Because if it had gone off the glove and hit Hall, they would, it would have been a hand, hand pass. Which is interesting because you cannot glove the puck in, but it yes. can hit your glove and go in. Correct. If it's not a yes. pushing motion or something. And so that's like that. and so the fact that Hall did which is weird yeah. because how does it hit your glove and go in without some sort of directional push? Yeah. It's just, it was a weird. It goal. was a weird play. Um, but it's two two. Stars could have Sean taken a three two lead. Foxa was one on one. What in the final minute of the period yep. against Aiden Hill? Hill falls forward and makes a ridiculous save. Both goalies are really good tonight. Yeah, like, really good. Like, so it's two two. Yeah. Third period comes along, and this is where it gets amazing. Rick Bonus said to you guys in the post game that he that Jeff Reese had it down as five nothing quality chances in favor of the Stars. Yep. I finished with seven to two. I had one in open play and one at the end at six on five, which was the Taylor Hall one timer that Lindell blocked. Yeah. Ordinarily, I don't credit block shots, shots that get blocked as quality chances. But if Lindell doesn't block that, it didn't look like Bishop was going to get across okay. in time. I thought yeah. that was game the tie game. Yeah, it is interesting if Jeffries had it five zero and you had it seven two. It is interesting. I, I'm curious if. Jeffries is more critical of scoring chances. Yes. Like, like, um, or is it because of where he sits? Yes. That there's an angle yes. that he sees that's different than mine. Because obviously he's at a different angle than you are. He's kind of yes. For 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 those who obviously don't have the press box set up. Owen, you're about even with what the defensive blue line. Yeah, the stars? not quite center yeah. ice red, but definitely yeah. it. You know, middle of the you know high high uh stars defensives on the one they defend twice and meanwhile the stars coaches they are set up the coaches way down in the corner they're in the they're basically they're set up basically even with, even with the 
maybe even behind it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think so. Where the goal line with the store, the stars shoot twice. Right. So, so, um, but again, yeah. that gets tricky when you're looking down the long side to the far side side of the ice. There's also instances where I simply hear things. Like, for example, the first chance that Arizona had in the game tonight was because it was eight nothing stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Chikrin took a wrister from the blue line, and I heard the puck hit the stick of Lawson Kraus. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell because it wasn't enough of a deflection. Sometimes you hit them and they move a ton. Yeah. Bishop made a save and you go, oh, well, it's a wrister from literally feet on the blue line. That's not a quality chance. But because it hit Kraus in the slot, now all of a sudden, yeah. because of the deflection, that's a much harder save. Yeah. Vantage points are really interesting. Because, yes. And this, so this is something where it's, it's, it's really fascinating for me to look at from a perspective because for 41 games a year, I have the same perspective. I'm pretty much about – I'm about a little I'm kind of – close to the offensive blue line. You kind of have the mirror image of yeah. mine. And so I'm there for about 41 games a year, but seeing You're all it, over the place for a little All over the place. Like, so in, for example, in Montreal, I'm about even Montreal the other night. I'm oh, the even, gondola's great, isn't gondola's it? Gondola's great. Uh, yeah. But I'm, 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 I love Montreal. My spot on the gondola was even with the goal line. The Stars defended twice. Right, so then um, you're looking down the long side, but you get a great yeah. view. Or the worst was in Brooklyn, where I'm, we're, <laughs> behind, we're behind we're behind the net to the corner. Welcome to a like, basketball arena yes. with a hockey rink shoved so, in. So the it. perspectives are fascinating, because the way you and I might see something from two different spots in the press box. Even in, the, even in yeah. Dallas, where yeah. we're on the other sides, I'll, um, and it's interesting because... Our colleague and buddy Brian Waddle, who does quality chances and stats for Stars TV, mm-hmm. down in the 200 level, yeah. he and I text each other during home games and compare all the time. Where are you at? What do you have? Did you did you give this guy one? And there will be times where he's you know pretty much at center ice, mm-hmm. but lower won't see something, and I'll say, oh, that was an obvious one, especially down in the right side because we're closer to that side, or. He has the benefit of listening into the TV broadcast. So when they're playing replays and Josh and Razor are breaking it down and say, well, you can see this scoring chance. Yeah. He gets a slow-mo second look. I try to look at the TV when I can, but sometimes the game, because it's behind the TV broadcast that we're looking on our TV monitors, are there's that 10-second delay. Which is really good. For it's great you. for us. Yeah. But sometimes the play starts again, and so I don't see the replay of a chance when – play continues but it's extremely helpful anyway the point is is that we do the best we can it's not perfect the only really way to get chances 100 percent right or as close to it as you could because there is some subjectivity to it is to watch it later with dvr so you can pause and go back and look at every little detail and make sure you get it exactly yeah so let's so then the goal like yeah segue to the biggest quality chance of the year two 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 uh jamie alexiak who Scored his a uh, comes puck comes to him in the slot, kind of waits a second, waits a second. Nice lets, patience. Yeah, screen develops a little bit more, lets the shot go. Belsky and Yanmark yep. both in front. Yep. And then when he scores, um, interestingly, Sean, uh, when Taylor Hall scored on the power play, yeah, Carl Soderberg, great screen. Bishop was looking to the left. The shot comes to his right. He never had a chance. No, he didn't. It was short side, but yeah. the screen was perfect. On this one, same side of the ice, same same post, Aiden Hill does not see it. No, Aiden Hill has no chance on this shot by Alexiak. And the um, and when – I just laughed at this. We talked to Alexiak after the game, and I don't think you guys got this on your post game. No. I, don't, I don't think this was on TV either because he was the third person because the TV camera bounces after the first two interviews. Right. Um, did you see how his face didn't change at all? 
Like, as in he didn't react? Like, Jamie scored, and, like, his face was like, oh, okay. Like, it is it is stunning how stoic he... And I use the word stoic when I asked Jamie. I asked Jamie after the game. I said, how are you so stoic in that moment? Like, what? Right. Like, because you've just scored... He scored his first home goal for the Dallas Stars in this building since December 5th, 2017. Which is literally two and a half years ago. Exactly. So it's like, how are you... That's a moment where you're like... Not quite two and a half years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's anyway. a moment where like, um, some excitement would be... And it's a go-ahead if, goal in a in yeah. the playoff race stretch. Yeah. And he just kind of says like, well, I uh, try to act like I've been there before. And I don't score enough goals. That's to a Joe Sackick. Yeah. That is right out of the Joe Sackick school yeah. of... Don't celebrate a lot because shoot, yep, did it. On to the next play. Yeah, and, and he, I'm look. I I think Sackick was an incredible player, and I totally respect him and how he did it. But I'm a Ovechkin, Radulov, celebrate like you've never scored a goal before or ever. Wig out. I want to see some emotion and excitement, don't you? Hockey's a game. Games are supposed to be fun. Oh, Mr. Baseball <laughs> reference. I love it. One of my favorites. So, so Alexiak scores, but here's yeah. that's the thing, the Stars in a two-two hockey game in the third period against a pretty good team, yeah, gave up one quality chance. It was to Nick Schmaltz on a wrister on the rush. Mm-hmm. Bishop saved it until it was six on five for two and a half minutes. Yeah, I mean that's how you and and they had seven quality chances by my accounting. The point is, is that. They didn't just smother the game. They smothered the game and got offense out of it. And Corey yeah. Perry could have had two or three goals tonight. He was really good. He had four yeah. quality looks. He scored on his first, and he had some really high-end chances around it. Fox had a bunch. Dickinson was good. Jamie Benn scored a goal that got taken back. I yeah. mean, Tyler Sagan, in the first five minutes of the game, had four quality chances and didn't end up with a goal tonight. Yeah. And it was a crime because he had some great looks. But the great thing about this Stars team, and this is the type of it factor, for lack of a better word. It's a huge it factor. Uh, but this is the type of it factor that makes them that contender that we that people are... It's they, the balance. The balance, and and it's always... It's it's somebody's always stepping up. I, we, it, but you we, don't know who. Yeah, That's we, the best yeah, part. We overly cliche next man up, but it's a true thing. Like, let's look, let's go back. Like, for example, let me take okay. you back to the road trip um, in Toronto. Jason Robertson comes up in his first NHL game and... Makes a play, Yanmark, and then Sagan scores for the first time in 17. Yeah, and then the next night in Montreal, Jason Robertson is a big part of two goals. With, he's with the screen, he's on a forecheck, and Pavelski's back. Pavelski, like it's, he scores. Like the thing that makes this team, this team's numbers are not going to look deep. Like right. you're going to look at it and people. No, are like, you're you're going to say, hey, you don't have 30 goal scores, you don't have 80, 70 point guys, mm-hmm. but every single and it's somebody different, and that's yeah. the big thing. Corey Perry was huge tonight. Yeah, Foxa gets a goal tonight. The next night, you might see Radulov and Ben, or well, we don't know if it will be Ben, but you know, you it, it's somebody else. And look. Klingberg had big goals on the road trip. He hadn't scored in a little bit. Miro hasn't scored since early December, yet he got another assist tonight. And Mm -hmm. I think, Sean, since he scored last, Miro Haskinen has 14 assists in basically 30 games. I think so, yeah. No goals. Yeah. And yet, you're sitting there going, boy, you're getting great games from Haskinen on a regular basis. On the road trip, Haskinen and Johns were the high time on ice pairing all those games. Yeah. Tonight, Lindell was the big guy. Yeah. 
So the, I, the fact that, and I talked to Blake Como for a while yesterday about this fact, was, you know, last year before the Zuccarello trade, if you weren't getting ben, production from Ben Sagan and Radulov, you weren't getting goals. Yeah. Then Zuccarello shows up, and now you've got some balance in yes, a second yeah. line, and it was this year. You had a 17-game goal drought for Tyler Sagan, and they're still scoring goals and winning. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. It's 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 this team is what a in, difference in a very good spot. Um, well, let's get to the lightning. Round. <laughs> the lightning round with rain, but fortunately no lightning. All right. Uh, there was a lot here, so Sean, we're gonna have to to dig. We already we, we, we already did all the Ben. We I know I know the Ben stuff. So so I'm gonna have to scan back here because we were getting some early questions from a while ago. There, oh, that's still from three hours ago. Jesus. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. The last, the oldest one was from four hours ago. Crawdaddy, if you had to pick three current Dallas Stars to be commentators for a nationally broadcast NHL game, who would you go with? Three current stars to be okay. on the roster. Um, the first one that easily comes to mind is Bishop for me. Um, yeah, he'd be yeah. a great analyst, wouldn't he? Yeah. Do you, here's an interesting thing about Ben Bishop. You've talked about how much he likes hockey, how much he watches he it. He watches studies a ton it. of the game. Like it's. Is he a Jason Spezza type watch of the game where he's going to be a front office guy? Or do you think Ben Bishop turns into the next Brian Boucher? Um, I, and think, does the, the I, analyst? I think Ben Bishop could be similar to his pal Darren Pang. Yeah. Like just kind of the. That's the, what I mean. Yeah, the former goalie. Yeah. Could he be the next of a long line of goalies that are great color commentators? Yeah. I mean, Daryl Ray, Brian Boucher, Darren Pang, uh, Esposito. You can go on and on and on, right? All right. So uh, that's one. That's one, yeah. So um, two more. Uh, There's a difference between the guy who would be hilarious so, if he was unbridled. And yeah. The, and so, look, if you could get Jamie Ben the mic'd up on the ice, Jamie Ben. But that's not the guy you're going to get. You're not, so, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think Tyler Sagan would actually be quite good because he is very media savvy. He understands that role. And I think if you gave him a chance to get on TV and maybe chirp some of his colleagues, he'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty good. Um, he's got a pretty good – he also brings some of the quote-unquote star power, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, look, from a selfish standpoint, Anton Hudobin should be on any broadcast. Yeah. It might be – uh, wheels off, but it would be wonderful. Yeah, I think I'm trying to. So I'm trying to build a team in my head right now because I've got Bishop between the glass. Okay. I've got Bishop between the glass. So you're doing a three-man booth. So you have. So you need. So you need an Eddie Olchuk. Yeah. Now you've got your Boucher between the glass, yeah. and then you need a, a Doc Emmerich. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out who. I could, mean, <clears throat> there are some broadcasters out well, there. Yes, they ask players. players. Um, I know. I. You know what? I'm gonna go with someone who. Are you going for serious or silly? Well, I think I think someone has to play serious because with Ty, if Tyler's going to be in the color spot. Are you going to get put him in the Eddie Olchuk's position? Yes. Okay. So I or think, the Razor position. Yes. And so I'm thinking like bishops between the glass. I'm going with Tyler in kind of the color commentator role. And you know what? I think because all these guys, there's more of the finding the play-by-play is tough. 
Um, yeah, that is true. Uh, like, I think Pavelski sees the game really well. I do too. Like, I think he would fit well. I mean, so many of these guys see and have great comments. I think a really silly one would be like a Roman Polak, Esselindel, and Anton Hudobin trio. Yeah. Let's go with that for the wheels off. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Next question, Sean, and I need your attention as I much as no I can. Idea. Yeah. Should the Stars consider putting a picture of Jason Dickinson in the back of the net as a way to increase scoring? One of those faces. <laughs> uh, well, it's not his own teammates hit him in the face. No, it's other team's sticks and pucks. And so maybe, by this theory, they should have Jason Dickinson dive into the other team's net so the other team shoots into their own net. Own goals? Yes. Okay. Jen writes in, how much of a game does a player have to play to get credit for playing in the game? He has to play one, one shift. One second. One second. Yeah. If you step on the ice, you get credit for game played. If you and here's the interesting thing: if you didn't know this, if and this doesn't usually happen in the NHL, but it has happened more in the minors when you dress an extra guy you're not sure of. If you dress and sit the bench but never step on the ice, you do not get credit for a game played. It's the same reason, like because just like you have backup goalie, for example. Right. Right, backup goalies yeah. don't get credit for playing unless they come on the ice for one. Uh, section 208, why is this franchise so reluctant to accept the pride LGBTQ hockey movement by hiding behind the hockey is for everyone theme? It's treated like college hat night while Nashville has pride sweaters for sale in a in a like market, I guess a similar market. Yeah. Would like to see the stars embrace this more. Yeah, I, I, this is something for me that is... Um, I don't think the stars do nearly enough with the, like, yeah, I, I think by the end of the night, because it's hard to tell from the press box, so I don't, I want to be completely fair, so I don't know every, I, can't, I don't know if I can give the exact number. From the press box, originally I saw like 11 or 12 guys were using the pride tape. Um, a couple people told me on Twitter that there was some guys, like Jason Dickinson just had the knob of his stick taped, so I didn't see it on the blade. Right. Um, and it's, it's nice in theory. I also think the stars do the bare minimum with it. Um, they do the bare minimum for the LGBTQ uh, IA plus community, um, and it's one of those it's one of those things where it's it's kind of frustrating that they do the bare minimum. And I say this as somebody who someone very close to me is um, I, someone very close to me. I know I don't they. It's not that they they don't feel un they feel welcomed at hockey when they go to watch with me, but they don't feel well like they don't feel welcomed enough to go to a game without you without me because that's just awful because you want just, everyone yeah. to feel welcome period yeah. and, and yeah. so that's a that's it's it's a very sad thing and so it's, it's and it's yeah. not just hockey people yeah. it, it's yeah. a societal thing and yeah. it, I think it's getting better mm-hmm. but I don't think we're there yet and you can no. say that a lot about so about a lot of social issues yeah and so I, the stars I don't the stars do the bare minimum on it and it's it's frustrating and. It's something where you even go back to the point where they pretty much completely forgot the night two or three years ago. So um, it's frustrating. I mean, it's the reason that it's the reason it's happening is because it's not being given the hey, this is a point of emphasis for us, and that's kind of that's unfortunate. I don't have a good answer. Like I wish I had a good answer. I don't have a good yeah. answer. So Belfort's billion dollar bribe. For tonight's car cast, one, do you think a – Sean, you're not going to like this one. Okay. Do you think a Puyu-Yarvi for Honka trade works if the stars include another prospect, parentheses, Oscar Bach, and pick? 
Would you and do it? No. Um, I mean, I might consider pull your Yarvi for Honka straight up. I, I, I would. Do I it. would not give up a prospect and a pick, let alone just one of those plus Honka. For, Je- for Jesse Pugliarvi. I would do Honka and Bach for Pugliarvi, actually. You do both? I, 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 do you I, think Pugliarvi is that I, good? I don't want to do Bach because I think there's actually that's, that's something. That's what I mean. Uh, there's something there to Bach, but I have no problem doing Honka and a pick for Pugliarvi. Like, I actually. So what kind of pick? Third or fourth, I'm fine with that. Really? You're giving up a third round pick for Pugliarvi? I mean, I don't think. I, five, fourth is probably the more preferential, and I'd throw some condition no, on look, it. Look, I'm saying, look, you want Honka. Pugliarvi's a better player than Honka. Is he? Yes. Why is he not playing in the NHL? Well, because he didn't get things figured out, but he's ripping the Finnish League apart. Julius Honka is just pedestrian over there. Okay, so fair, but I'm not giving up anything of value plus Julius Honka because Honka could still become a serviceable NHL defenseman. Julius Honka could become a third-pairing okay, NHL defenseman. But, but again, uh, if I'm the Dallas Stars, I'm not throwing I'm not throwing Oscar Bach and a pick and I, Honka just so no, I can I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving all of this. Because I'm not sold yeah, yeah, yeah. that Paul can figure it out in the NHL. And that's fine, but I'm not giving all of this. But I'm willing to do – because I, I look at Honka's neg- negligible asset for the Stars anyway right now. Like, if they got nothing for him, I think that's realistic. They could get nothing for him. So At some point, they're going to have to cut the cord. And so – At some point. They, they don't have to yet. But. And so if I can move him in a, in a fourth-round pick to get someone else who I think if actually – If you give it a fourth, I'd be okay. But I don't want anything higher than that. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, part, other part of the question was, do you, did you know or do you know that Tillamook makes ice cream? It's phenomenal. Come on. What do you think? We're ice cream amateurs here? Not only have I discovered Tillamook Farms ice cream, which is an Oregon-based dairy, mm-hmm. but I also have discovered their cheese. Ooh, yeah. Look, their cheese is good. They serve uh, or they sell, at least at Kroger, we get both the block cheese and they have shredded, mm-hmm. both of which are good. I really like getting the block because I like to do my own shredded cheese. I feel like when you shred it freshly as opposed to buying the bag of shredded cheese, it's better. Don't they also have the... Uh, I use the cheese grater and I shred it myself. Doesn't Tillamook also do the squ- the, the little circles too? Oh, you mean like the the Baby Bell or... Yeah, like I thought they did the bigger ones. So you could buy it that way too. Oh, uh, like, like the cheese wheel? Like yay big, like a cheese wheel. Maybe. I haven't seen it, once, but it's Once again, there's people... Probably. We're, 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 we're on a podcast and we're... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're describing these shapes that you can't see. The size of a hockey Here's puck. the thing. A little, a little bigger than the size Tillamook of a hockey puck. Far- ice cream is really good. I have a couple that I prefer. I really like the uh, coffee almond fudge is great. Their uh, Oregon cherry is particularly Oregon good. Cherry. I like that one a lot. Um, I mean, none of them are bad. I, I bounce around because I, there are some. Blue I've actually, Bell that I've, actually I I've liked the Oregon cherry, and this this is actually kind of. Um, but I wish they had a couple more varieties because I'm still trying to find a decent mainstream down here ice cream with some sort of coconut flair to it. Okay. Because I've said this before, and I did get a couple of DMs after we did this one last year, saying that I should check out an Asian grocer because typically they have coconut flavored ice cream. Hmm. I'm not, I don't want to go on a wild goose chase for ice cream. I just want it to be in the one I go to all the time. But up in Maine, there is an ice cream brand called Giffords, mm-hmm. which is actually uh, now uh, a sponsor of the Boston Red Sox as well. Yeah. In case, so it's not like this hole in the wall. It's big. And they have one called Toasted Coconut, which is coconut-flavored ice cream with little coconut flakes mixed into it that have been dipped in chocolate. Ooh. And it's awesome. That sounds good. It's so good. There's, I've had a couple variations of that with a couple other brands, but haven't been able to find anything like that down here. So yeah. Tillamook, Bluebell... Bluebell used to make coconut fudge 
usually in the summertime. When we lived in Austin, mm -hmm. we had it. And Ooh, it was usually only yeah. in the summer. And it's coconut-flavored ice cream with this fudge ribbon swirl mixed through it. And it was phenomenal. And ever since the Listeria outbreak where they shut down the factory for a while, I haven't been able to find it. It's a shame. Listeria ruins everything. Ah, stupid infestations yeah. and stuff. Anyway, um, so yes, thank you for mentioning Tillamook, but we are well aware of that. Uh, Justin writes in, are goalies eligible to be team captain? I thought Luongo was at one point for the Canucks, but couldn't wear the C. Just curious why we don't see that more often in your thoughts. The, uh, that, is, that is the rule. You're allowed for someone to be the team captain, but the goalie can't wear the C. And the main reason being is goalies are technically already allowed to talk to the referee. Right. So there's, well, it's twofold. Goalies are already allowed to talk to the also referee. That's when I'm supposed to cross the red line. Yeah, and, and, you're not, <laughs> and it's kind of, it's a bit of a ridiculous kind of every single time there's a penalty getting explained that the goalie has to go. Yeah, right? he's like, got all the gear on. Like it's, and it's just, it's it's inconvenient. I do, like, I actually think it's a nice touch where you see a lot of college teams will give the goalie an A and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I like that. Like, I, I think that's a nice touch. I actually, when I was a senior in high school, I was one of the captains that wore the armband as the goalie on our soccer, our high school yeah. soccer team, which... Again, I wasn't running down the field to have a conversation with one of the refs. But you, on, see, you actually see it in soccer quite a bit, with yeah. the goalie getting the armband. But I had the armband. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So it was nice a gesture by our coach to think that I had some leadership there. Mm -hmm. Casey writes in, hey, CarCast, when, when tied, it appears the last period is both teams just protecting the guaranteed overtime point. To make regular wins more valuable, would y'all be in favor of a three-point scoring system? I think we've... Talked about this before, but we're, we're both on board on it. Regulation that. win is three, overtime win is two, and an OT loss is one point. Yeah. Of course yes, we, we are. are. Yeah. Yes, it would be wonderful. It's the best system, except for the one obstacle to overcome is people saying it screws up all the history where if they were to change, then the record point totals for a season would be drastically different. Yeah. Either that or just go just win loss. I like that, too. Just Get rid of what we call just, the loser point. Just complete win-loss. Like. It would create some... The, 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 the only thing I don't like about getting rid of the loser point, and I would get over it, is losing the shootout. Again, I'm in favor of ties, so I'd go win-loss tie. I'm fine with ties. But they don't want it ties anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, here we are again. Um, we're still at the two-hour ago mark, so... Uh, Who's the taxi? That's a terrible pronunciation of that. We've seen that one before. Yeah, I think we've both butchered it. Yeah. Anyway, well, what playoff matchups would you love to see this year from a high energy standpoint? Mine would be Calgary, Edmonton, or Dallas, Arizona. Really enjoyed the first two between these two, and looking forward to the next one. That's not a bad one. I don't mind. First Coyotes would be fine. Calgary, Edmonton. I I would pay money. Uh -huh. I mean, who do I have to to greet? Well, whose palms do you have to grease to get? That'd be Flames Oilers. That'd be a really good one. Um, Stars Coyotes. I don't. I don't want to go to Arizona in the first round. Look, I think Stars yeah. Blues or Stars uh, Avalanche would be an incredible first round series. Yeah. I, it would be great for Dallas to get the number one seed and avoid those two. Yeah. And have to only play one of them. Yeah. Um, if you want, Sean, I, I hate. I don't want to say it, but if you want a really exciting first round series, Stars finish first in the division. And they face the suddenly resurgent Nashville Predators in the first round. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, playoff history, winter classic, some division. Bad, some bad blood. Some bad yeah. blood. Yeah. I mean, look, 
it's not my first choice, yeah. but if you want emotional series, that's the rivalry that's building right now. Yeah. Um, Jason Dickens' face tweeted in, and by the way, there's an avatar for Jason Dickens' face. Oh, wow. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so some thought put into it. Um, followed by 48 people, by the way. Uh, and the bio is taking sticks, elbows, jabs, and pucks to the face at an unhealthy rate. And there's even a background picture of him getting punched in the face. Oh man! So I really appreciate your dedication yeah. to this. The question is: Is the coach uh, should the, the NHL consider an automatic game misconduct in the future? Anytime someone hits me, <laughs> uh, the cumulative effect of these hits is starting to be problematic. <laughs> Staying in character. Yeah. Um. I look there at some point. Jason Dickinson should probably just start wearing a full cage. It's the it's the only way to prevent further hits to his face, and he's not going to do that. So. We just have to wish him the best. Yeah. Coach Kitchen, is the coaching staff playing Sekra or Polak based on who their opponent is, or is it a random rotation to make sure both guys are getting ice time? From my point of view, Polak is more physical and Sekra is better with the puck. I mean, so he's he's right. We actually he actually asked him. He, he's right in that assessment, but they've been. It is a straight up rotation. It's not a random rotation. It is a regular rotation. I, Roman Polak told me this last week when we were in Toronto, where he said he said, "Yeah, I know I'm playing every other game." For the rest of the season. And that's what Coach He's, Rich yeah, Bonus yeah. said. We asked him that today, yeah. and he said that. And here's the funny thing, is it actually lines up well having Polak in the lineup against the Blues on Friday. Mm-hmm. But it, if it's a straight rotation, then they, they don't necessarily have that planned. Yeah. No, it just sets up. And Sekera playing. Remember, Sekera had that great assist from behind the net to Radulov in the first Coyotes game. Yeah, yeah. Where he went against the grain, Radulov pounded it in in that third period comeback. I mean, it, it is interesting how it's set up well because Pollock's a good matchup for St. Louis. Sekera's a better skater for against Chicago yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, that's a good and, like and Arizona yeah, tonight. Like it's, so. Galbagus, man, that was an intense game. So we're now at the one-hour mark. Oh, my God. It was a nice win. Well, we could just stop. No, I know. It I is know. late. I, no, I'm, I'm thanking I people for asking questions. Before we even called for questions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice win, but I wish we'd stop giving up 40 shots a night. My car quest quite Hardcast question. I'll be going to a Red Wings game in Little Caesars in a week, and I'm thinking of repping the stars with my first sweater. Whose jersey should I get? So, remember... He doesn't have a jersey yet. This is a a Red Wings game that's not against the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. Wants to wear a Stars uniform or sweater at a Red Wings game against somebody else. Who should that be? Um... Do you want to be unique, or do you want a jersey that, it's like... It's not enough information. I know. There's so much more you need to know about the person, who you like. I mean, yeah. anybody on the roster is fine. You could go with historical ones. That'd be fun, too. Yeah, I mean... You could even get a Shapiro jersey and be really... <laughs> yeah. like, I actually witnessed fans coming up to meet Sean as he and I went through security at the media entrance before the game tonight and say we really like... Your podcast, not our podcast, but I don't think they noticed saw that I was there. <laughs> like your writing and your podcast. And I almost interjected and I said, no, no, no I'm going to be nice and just leave it alone. So anyway, yes, Sean has groupies now. I don't have groupies. Yeah, it's groupies. You just accept it. You're famous. I'm not famous. You have, you have another decimal point than I do in followers. You've blown me away. Remember when you first came up to Dallas and I said like twice your followers and rubbed it in? That didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, who's Jersey? Um, you want to be incomplete with the answer and say, well, no, I, I, who's I th- your favorite player? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think one... All time or current, doesn't matter. 
Like, I think a good one to maybe, if you're looking for the Detroit connection, is maybe you go with an old Madonna jersey. Madonna or uh, Trevor Daly. Yeah. Patrick Nemeth. Yeah. Uh, or go North Stars and go Cesar Maniago. There you go. Or Darcy Wakaluk. Yeah. If you're a goalie fan. There's yeah. so much. Yeah. You can't go wrong, uh, although those winter classic jerseys do look awesome. Yeah, they do. But again, it is weird... Like, we saw that guy that was getting berated by what appeared to be his girlfriend or soon-to-be ex-girlfriend a couple of games, home games ago, yeah. late night in the parking garage, wearing a Avalanche jersey after a Stars and not Avalanche game. Yeah. It is strange when you wear your favorite team's jersey when they're not participating. And it, well, it's, I mean, Detroit and Dallas aren't rivals anymore, well, either. It's, it's like me going to an FC Dallas game as a fan, which I do, not just working them. And wearing a Liverpool jersey. Mm-hmm. I see people do that. Generally, I support soccer fandom. Mm. But it's weird to wear an EPL jersey to a MLS match. I've done it, actually. I think. If you were going because you were watching Steven Gerrard play for LA Galaxy yeah. a couple years ago, okay, I get it. But it's, get an FC Dallas shirt. I think I've done that before. I think... I think, but I think, to, to in my defense, I think, remember remember correctly, it was last summer, it was... It wasn't Wayne Rooney, was it? No, it wasn't Wayne Rooney. Of course not. You're not, you're a Tottenham guy. No. Um, we won't bring that up today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I saw the score. Yeah. I know you watched it. Well, that's right. Hey, that's why there are two-legged ties. So there's two legs. Okay. Stefan Dreyer writes in, I think Sakura should get a 60-40 or 7-30 split when it comes to sharing games with Polak. In my opinion, he's been the better player of the two for a while. Opinions. Here's the one thing I want to say about it, Sean, and you brought this up. Neither of these players are used to sitting and playing every other game. Yeah. And yet, they actually seem to be benefiting on the ice because of this. Yeah. And it, you have both of them playing, and even... I don't think it happened tonight because I don't have the minutes right in front of me. But you even have times where they'll come in and out, and they'll play, they'll sit a game, play more minutes than Jamie Lexak the next night because of penalty kill or situations, right? And yeah. and be fresh. Like it's I, I'm fine with the 50-50 split. I'm fine going back and forth. And then you know what? When you get to that first round playoff series. You go with who's a better matchup. And that then they yeah. will make a decision. But yeah. they're going to try to keep them in it. The the one thing is that. It's good that Taylor Fadun has a couple more games in the AHL, but then that's going to be a bit of an issue because he not, he knows he's not going to get in a game unless there are two injuries. Yeah. And you don't want to lose Taylor Fadun for next year because he's under contract for another year, really team-friendly deal, great number, uh, seventh defenseman. Yeah. However, Sean, it would be wonderful if the Stars could figure out a way to get him through waivers and make him playoff eligible for the AHL play there and know you have him to call up if you need him. Yeah. Because then not only is he helping your AHL roster, he's also game ready. Even if it's AHL, it's not the same speed, but it's still better fitness than being a healthy scratch every day. Yeah. However, the argument on the other side is that it's much better for stars practices to have eight defensemen and have pairings. Coaches, than seven. coaches really like having four pairs. Yes, because it's it's just better balance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam wrote in uh, some one thing, I'm, and I don't want to highlight. He said high quality jackknife semi in the grass between 6:35 and the Farmers Branch Star Center. We saw that. Yeah. 8.5 out of 10. Look, I know it's crazy, and we re- react to it. Let's not celebrate it, right? Somebody mm-hmm. got into an accident. Hopefully, they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still rubbernecking, and we go, whoa, look at that. But we don't look forward to accidents on yeah. the car cast, but it does 
add to the flavor of being in the car. Yeah. Now, the other part of Sam's thing I think is interesting. Over, under on Jamie at two and a half games. I'd under, take the under. under. Under, under for sure. There's no, I really would be surprised if it was three plus. Yeah. Uh, Florian writes in, do you think at the end of the next season, people will acknowledge that drafting Gurionov over Barzell and Connor was not a mistake? That's a good question. Um, because up until this season, Sean, yeah. Barzell, Connor, Besser, I mean, let's not even forget Sebastian Ajo in the second round. Yeah. But those three all stand out as guys that were being contributors at the NHL almost immediately, and Gurionov was not. I mean, I think they'll all. I think there will always be a little bit of the "what if Matthew Barzell" factor. There's, a, I mean, there's a rabbit hole there. Yeah, because but, if you had taken Barzell, or I think even Kyle Connor, mm-hmm. it changes how they then build their team from a couple years back. Yeah, but I, like I, for example, I don't think I don't think they signed Martin Hansel like, as a free agent. Like, so to me though, the interesting thing about those two is they for, might have had a had a, two lines. Yeah. So Barzell though, to me, carries a little bit more of that. What if factor than Kyle Connor? And not saying Connor's a tremendous player, but I just feel there's a little bit more of that. Like the other crazy thing is, so he's a 2015 draft yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. 15, 16 stars are great. Yeah. Right. He may might have played 16, 17 stars. Had a lot of injuries that year. What if he? And this is just crazy. Yeah. You go off on this. What if he gets there? You draft Barzell, mm-hmm. he plays 16, 17, you have some injuries, but then you've got this wonder kid playing, Ben, yeah. Sagan, Spezza, Sharp, dealing with injuries, they get back, they they make the playoffs, now Lindy Ruff gets an extension. Yeah. Then you don't have Hitch, you don't have, I mean... No, it's, 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 it's off it's a, to go. It's a wormhole. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do think, I will say this, whether people are, I don't think anyone will ever be able to get over the what if with Barzell, but I think people are going to, by the end of even this season, will be like... Gurion was a good pick. It just took a little while. Yeah, and, and yeah. look, there was a time where people thought Roddick Foxa was a bust mm-hmm. because he took a longer AHL transition. He wasn't the immediate first-round guy like Miro, who's yeah. not normal mm-hmm. in a great way. Yeah. Um, Tweeter Greeter writes in, the Stars unlock the key to winning. Six foot seven players. When do they trade for Brian Boyle to complete the set? <laughs> a couple years ago, I would have clamored for Brian Boyle. I just think that time has passed. Yeah, time has passed. Uh, Ardell writes in, this iteration of our Dallas Stars seem to have a different quality about them than Stars teams past. Do you see a genuine contender in Dallas? What qualities lend validity to the Stars making a cup final appearance? They're a genuine contender. First of all, they have the goaltending that can win a cup. Um, For me, that's the first thing you look at is, do you have a goalie that can hold up and play at that level for 23, 24 games in the spring? And they have a goalie in Ben Bishop who can do that, and he will be fresher because of how they use Hudobin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first one. They also play a style that fits in the playoffs. If you're going to make a list of teams that are contenders to win the cup and you're going to say, hey, here's a list of five, the stars are on that list to me. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide which one to ask because we've now gotten to my call for questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's also almost 1 o'clock, okay. so we got to go. But um, let's see. Question about Jamie. Is he on the ice? No, we're going to pass that. Tad, interesting, is it really that bad of a thing if Jamie Ben might get suspended for a few games the way the team is playing now? Um, it's not good that your captain would No, it's be not off. good. It's not good. And I actually think Jamie's been playing better lately because his minutes have been limited. Like and it's funny because Bones said earlier, yeah. Sean, that he was trying to 
get him up get uh, yeah. closer to 15 16 but it, it just hasn't happened. um it is it is it is unfortunate if he is suspended do you know what friday is yeah it's jamie ben winter classic jersey bobblehead giveaway night yes so he'll be able to give them away on the concourse in theory <laughs> <laughs> Will he want to? I don't think Probably so. Probably not. I don't think so. We asked for him post-game today. He decided not to come out. <sighs> of course he did. Katie asks, what, we know the Stars' style makes it hard to score. Do we, though? Because lately they've been scoring. Mm. Um, but do you think it's also hard to adapt in general? Thinking about how it took Perry Pavelski a while to hit their stride here, and do you think that dilutes the perceived upside of any acquisition at the deadline? By the way, Katie, that's a very lucid, well-thought-out question. Uh, no, I don't. Because, look... Matt Zuccarello came into this team last year, almost immediately looked phenomenal, then got hurt, and that was sad. Ben Lovejoy took a couple of games, but really looked solid. I think it depends on the player. Yeah, I, Remember like, back like, to Alish Hemsky. Mm-hmm. It took him almost a year and a half to really find the right role for him. And I, the first year, I was like, wow, oh, that's terrible free agent signing. Then the second year, all of a sudden it clicked, and I went, my God, he's good. And that was 15, 16. Yeah. This group, yeah, we were disappointed that Pavelski and Perry weren't playing like they are now at the start of the year, but it is a long season, and I don't think it's necessarily stars-centric that it's tough to adapt. Both of those guys played in Southern California and Northern California for over a decade. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is a lot of these deadline deal guys, as much as we get excited about it, I would argue like 80% of them don't work out. Mid-level guys. Well, yeah, put it this way. Yeah. A lot of teams make trades before yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah. Only one team wins the Stanley exactly, Cup. Yeah. So if you don't win the Stanley Cup, did it work out? I actually argue that last year with Zuccarello no, no, worked Z- out. No, Zuccarello did work out. No, but I'm, I, would, I would argue most cases the deadline well, deals. Well, Nashville, was, they went and made a trade for Wayne Simmons. Did it work out? No, I don't think it did at all. No, they made a trade for Brian Boyle. It didn't work out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think there are certain players the Stars should avoid because I don't think they'll buy into – I don't think it's a type of player that can – fit into this style the Stars are trying to play, but I don't think the Stars' style stops players from being able to fit in. I think it's just more of that player already is not going to fit in. No yeah, matter I agree with that. I, we should stop, but I have two more questions, okay. and I like them. Okay. And they're the last two gotcha. of our hashtag. There may be some that didn't use the hashtag. We do not encourage we or got to use the hashtag. Um, we're both parents. We yep. know about having a firm hand with discipline. If you don't set a standard early, your kids will walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, neither of us have that problem. <laughs> uh, Stars Potter 12, what is your – and I want you to answer this first. Okay. What's your favorite part about Lindell's game overall? Um, I think my favorite – one of my favorite parts about Essa's game overall – I think is his energy management actually, because I think something you notice when he plays those 26, 27 minute games a night, if you were to minute and a half PK shift. Yeah. But like if you were to go and you were to go, and I've done this before, actually, if you were to go through and you were to pick a shift randomly and you were to not look at the clock and not see the time in the game, you wouldn't be able to tell. And I think that's one of the things I like most about his game is he doesn't... You're saying that he's pretty consistent from the first like, period like to the third? If, if you're looking at his first shift or his 16th oh, okay. shift, yep. or they all look... So they, they, you don't notice his, his fatigue much? There's there's no fatigue there. Like that that's Your answer is very similar to what I would give. Okay. My favorite part about Essa Lindell, besides his humor, which yeah, you yeah, get, yeah. is great. You said, about, you said about his game. But about his game yeah. is his steadiness. Yeah. When we first got Lindell up in the NHL, you got this quote, and I can't remember yeah. from whom, but you said 
it's not the first couple of games of Esselindel that's going to stand out to you. It's after 30 games. Yeah. You go, oh, my God, he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. He's really steady. And he's a very complete player. Bruce looked at me tonight after he made that block on Taylor Hall, six on five yeah. of the empty net, and he goes, "People, anyone's complaining about him getting almost $6 million a year? He's worth every penny. And he absolutely is. S is a guy that's interesting where if you had a – because right now there's just a Norris Trophy for best defensive for best defenseman, which is faulty because we it's have really a lot of times like, offensive. Like cause we have, we have a Selkie, so for best defensive forward. So if you there had, should be another award. Yeah, if there was a yeah. call, I don't know, call it the Larry Robinson. I don't, I don't I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of someone who is would he be the best best shutdown D man. What about well? What about the Nick Lindstrom? Yeah, but, I mean he also was he also was pretty yeah, offensive, yeah. but so I mean it's yeah. But why not yeah. have uh. You know, you have a Norris, and then who's the best shutdown guy? The Craig Ludwig. <laughs> he was a pretty good shutdown yeah, guy, but yeah, I know. Yeah. No, but you're yeah. right. You know what I'm getting yeah. at. Um, it would be – that would I think that would be appropriate. Yeah. You could have your best offensive guy, mm-hmm. right, and then your best team. Or, look, you have the you have the Art Ross, top point getter. Why not have the top scoring defenseman? Yeah. And then use the Norris as the best defenseman. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Then you could have, I don't know, the – future Brent Burns or Eric Carlson trophy or something. Um, or Nick Lidstrom. Yeah. That would actually yeah, be more yeah. appropriate, yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, or the Bobby Orr. Ooh, the that's that, so much the, better. The fact there's no trophy named after Bobby Orr is kind of crazy. Okay. Uh, so, last question. Some, another one came in, but we're not going to let get to that because we already cut it off. Justin writes in, if Yanmark is dealt by the trade deadline, does Robertson come back up or does Kiviranta slot in? Interesting question because I asked Bones about this today mm-hmm. after the scrum mm-hmm. when we did our radio segment. And I said, you know, I told him, I went through the thought. I said, last year when you guys acquired uh, Zuccarello and Lovejoy, you needed those pieces. Yeah. I said, the way I look at it right now, you have all this depth. You know, we saw with. Uh, you have Dowling and, and Radulov. Dowling skated today, yep. which is a good sign. Looked a little ginger, but again, yeah, that's a good sign. I think Kiviranta's Ranta's going back down. I think so too. We, we saw after the game he was getting, he was packing up, and... which is also a sign of two things. One, you're home, yeah. you can get him back up if you need to, and Dowling is close to yeah. being ready, mm-hmm. which is too bad because he really should have been healthy for this stretch with all the injuries. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, is that you get Radulov and Dowling healthy. You've got 13 forwards there. Yeah. Okay. You also have Robertson, Kiviranta. You have Nick Commando showed that he could play at this level in that fourth line role. Rhett Gardner could play yeah. in that. Um, Joel Lesperance, I still think, should get another look because he's been really lightening it up down there. Yeah. You have depth. Yeah. So then I looked at Bones and said, and then you have 8D with Fadoon plus Hanley. You know, Bayreuther is even a, a spot thing. He said, the one difference, and I thought this was a really interesting comment. The one difference between the guys that you mentioned in the AHL bringing them up and having a deadline guy is experience. You're replacing with young guys versus making a trade for a veteran guy. And that was a very interesting thought. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to deal Matthias Janmark. No, they're not trying to deal Matthias Janmark. The only way, and I've kind of been said this multiple times, the only way they're dealing Matthias Janmark is if they're making another deal to bring someone else in. And well, that's just it. They're not be. just sending him away. No. And the other thing, too, just to... Just like, let's say, for example, Sean, just let's blow it away. They're get, cr- going for Chris Kreider. Okay. Then maybe they trade Yanmark because they need to open up a lineup spot. But here's here's the other... Okay, here's the other... Yeah, Yanmark is... 
by the way, he's also kind of the microcosm of the Dallas Stars mm-hmm. because he does so many things well. He's such a smart player. His details are phenomenal. He just struggles to finish. But, okay, here's Don't the, the Dallas yeah. Stars struggle to finish? But here's the other thing about Matias Yanmark, just as far as even if just <coughs> we're said, okay, hey, we're going to trade off. We're going to trade Matias Yanmark because he's not going to be back. Why? Crazy world. Okay? Asset management of let's get something before he's a free agent. Okay. Which I think is wrong in this and here, instance. And here's why Jason Robertson would not be the one to take his spot. Okay. Jason Robertson. and He's I not killing this, penalties. I put this in my story. Jason Robertson had zero defensive zone starts. Yeah. He did not take a single defensive zone faceoff. That he has yet to, and yes. I understand this, and yet to establish trust for and, NHL and, coaches and, and, in defensive and, play. And it's not just trust. He's not good defensively. And Dennis Gurionov is still not where yes. he needs to be and, and, in the defensive And so zone. To, to, to bring in a player who would be taking a, a quote-unquote fourth-line spot, because that's the spot he would be in, it's, it's It would not, be Kiviranta first. It would be, it would be Kiviranta first. It would be Dowling would just be in a Dowling would be play. in. It's like, no. they give Les Brunt or Comano yeah. or Gardner. Yeah. Uh, probably wouldn't go with Delandria just yet, but no, pretty soon. No. Robertson's call-up right now is when you have a guy you like... power play spot. Yeah, is when a guy like Radulov... And Yanmark's power play spot is not a spot... Yanmark's power play spot is replaceable by some people who are already here. Right. Yanmark's power spot... Okay, you could put Dowling in that spot. You could put... Yes. You, you could play other guys in Although the Fox in the net fronts look pretty good. Yes, 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 but yeah. So. Or Lindell, even, yeah. if you wanted to go back yeah. to that. That is the last question we're yeah. going to get to tonight. It's a long one. So long one. Long maybe long the one. St. Louis one on Friday we can shorten a little bit. Short one, yeah. But then again, there'll be 5,000 things to talk yeah. about and should be fun. Sean, it's the Big Rig episode, so it had to be a long one. It had to be. All right, everyone, we'll uh, big game Friday.